Hello, and welcome back to Some Thinks I've Thought. Today's topic is a little less... a little less tangibly written than some of the other notes I've put together for this show so far. I guess we're just gonna wander around, because that's what I promised the show would be, although I've been trying to make it tightly controlled. Good luck. Can't beat them all. So the things I thought about comedy when I first thought about comedy when I was starting to write this, I began writing a list of comedians. But when you think about comedy, it's not about the men or the women or the whoever in the costumes and the yada and the makeup. Um, I want to start this thought with, I believe this is the title of Chris Farley's book, Laughing on the Outside, Crying on the Inside which I think would describe anybody who thinks they're funny. I think the natural reaction most comedians have to other people's pain is we will either join them or we will make them laugh. I myself may have caused a car accident with comedy, so I guess the power of comedy can be kind of scary if you don't know what you're doing. I'd like to start my circling with Bill Hicks. Being that Bill Hicks is one of my primary dudes. He stands with George Carlin, Louis Black. There's a number of them, but I can't put them all together without my notes. I'd also like to credit female comedians. I, I don't watch as many as I probably should. Um, it's not that I have a... I don't think I have a preference, it's just I... Males are more dominant in the field. But I would like to recognize Margaret Cho, uh, Joan Rivers, and um, Eliza Schlesinger in particular. I think these three women, in particular for me, define uh, women who don't have to be polite to get their way through business. They don't have to be nice or apologize for themselves. They are outright brutal about who they are, and I love that about them. I'm a little jealous. We're going to veer back to the Bill Hicks story. Bill Hicks is definitely kind of like comedy descended from Sam Kinison. That seems obvious. I guess by that nature you could say Dennis Leary is a spawn of Bill Hicks. Being that no cure for cancer, from what I remember, is more or less lifted word for word. I did like the song Asshole. I also enjoy the fact that during the roast of Dennis Leary, no one would touch him, but somebody came up to him at the end with a carton of cigarettes that said, Love Bill. I don't know why they cut that out of the footage, because that was the funniest part. I also want to recognize Robin Williams. Uh, you're going to notice a lot of my dudes in here are either dead, old, or their peak was like at least 10 years ago. I haven't followed a lot of new comedians, although there are so many. Um, I do follow Russell Peters a little. Um, the fella is from Canada. You know, Canadian humor kind of died around the Twin Tower situation. Um, it seems like when we crashed... Cra crossed the threshold from the 90s into the mid-2000s. It was like all of a sudden, all that, this hour's 22 minutes, 
Royal Canadian R Air Farce, Rick Mercer. It's like they all got too scared to do what they were doing and they all died off. And that was really horrible for me because seeing political humor in particular is something I love. And if I were smarter and more brave, I would be a political comedian. Though I don't see it going well. We're going to do a George Carlin steer back and tie things back together with the fact that Robin Williams often couldn't find himself back at his own joke and finish the thing. Sometimes he could. George Carlin would always bring it home at the end. So we're going to try to do a dance between the two. I think Robin Williams, his most apt description of the Canadian-American situation was the meth lab over a great party. When most people around the world picture Americans, the image we are seeing is a McDonald's fry cup and a bullet inside. That is the most visual representation I've ever seen. And I don't think everybody who's down there is like that. I think it's just kind of, you know, stereotypes are there because they're there. I think if I was going to be a comedian, it should have been many years ago. For one thing, I can't smoke on stage. So, that takes out my quasi-Andrew Dice Clay one-handed to smoke thing. It's not hard, it's just stupid looking, and I thought it was fun, and I, I can't present that on stage. Uh, I wanted to also mention influences I had in musical comedy. Um, I was a big fan of Stephen Lynch. There's an obvious Weird Al connection, because anyone's into comedy is obviously going to be into Weird Al. Um, I really liked John Lajoie, but... I, I couldn't tell you if that's how his name is said. It looks like Jean Lejouis, but my French is terrible. I liked a couple of his songs. He's very naughty, but entertaining. The only Lonely Island song I could name off the top of my head is I'm on a Boat. So I'm behind on that time. I really liked Eddie Murphy singing for comedy. But his actual music seems lackluster to people. I like Party All the Time. It's silly. But I didn't like Ojaja. It felt like he was channeling too much Marley and not enough of himself. But I mean, that's fine. Maybe that's what he was going for. I'd also like to categorize comedy occasionally as unintentionally funny. Like the case of Sweet Brown and Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. She had no idea that was going to happen. Also, the guy, I, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, the hide-your-kids-hide-your-wife guy. He had no idea that thing was going to be a big thing. And I'm also going to file under unintentional comedy. Uh, well, it is, an in, it is intentional, but the unintentional possible, maybe, fight between Stephen King and Dean Koontz's Dear Reader pages. I think they were competing at one point for who had the funnier one. I do remember at least one Dean Koontz one where he said something about slamming his head into the desk so much he got pine saw or something in his head from the splinters or some kind of wax like Murphy wax or something like that lemon wax, pines pledge, something like that and Stephen King just sort of lends himself to comedy quite often most people have no idea that he's not just a scary dude with his books but he can often be rather funny even in the worst stories 
I won't mention the one I'm wanting to, but I can tell you that some of the worst stories are often punctuated by jokes that almost kind of... It's like they're timed perfectly to relieve the tension of the reader. I am that kind of a comedian, quite often. I don't know if I would ever launch myself as, say, a comedian. I do think of myself as someone who is forcing myself to be funny, or would try to encourage myself to be funny on a more average basis. Um, I do have series of jokes, I just don't write them down enough. Basically, I like the idea of doing comedy, but I don't like the idea of the comedy lifestyle. It sounds lonely and depressing. I like the idea of travel. I'm stuck in the same town. Uh, I've been stuck in the same town for 32 years. Um, if it weren't for COVID, if I actually think I would be being invited out more for another direction of my life, not comedy, but still in the theater performance art direction. That is for another episode. How shall we wrap this up about comedy? I suppose there's a, a Lucifer episode that kind of puts it this way. Not all jokes are personal. Everyone has a shit joke. It just matters what you do with the shit joke. I have developed a series of stupid jokes about my anecdotal life. It's how I remember things. Uh, my short and long-term memory are affected by many mental breakdowns and copious amounts of psychiatric meds the doctors have thrown at me for years. My noodle is cooked. So the only way I remember is repetition. So, Lord knows if, well, wow, what's, I don't know how many there are out there. Anyway, the deities know I will repeat myself. It will become a running gag, especially if I have to re-record these things. It's bananas. I should not be allowed to re-record. I should be editing. But alas, I tend to try to take these in one go or better. This is actually the first take of this one, and it seems acceptable enough. But this is the point we leave you off with the cliffhanger and no punchline. Good night, goodbye, good luck, and remember, stay awesome. And if you can't stay there, stay somewhere else. This is Noise Benet signing out for Somethings I've Thought. Try saying that a few times when you're tired. Good night, everybody. Or whatever time it is, where you are, whenever you are. Bye-bye-bye-bye. And as a parting thought from Carrie Fisher, if your life weren't funny, it would just be true.